Surrogate Networks is home to complete business telecom and IT solutions backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for 21st century Utah. Get started now at surrogatenetworks.net. Time to welcome in Craig Bullerjack, TV voice of the jazz. Joining us here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. He's on the Sprint special guest line. Sprint makes it safe and easy to get to what you need online. Visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Bowler, good morning. Hello, guys. How are you? Good. So, Bowler, you travel around the NBA, right? And you see the the gazillion-dollar arenas and the multi-million-dollar players, and you see everything that goes into a game-day event, right, which is a million- or multi-million-dollar event in its own right. But does it still blow you away when you find out that the league's spending $150 million on the bubble in Orlando? Yeah, yeah, it's it's a huge amount, guys. It really is. It's a it's a billion dollar league, and so 150 million must seem like not maybe that much to those who are involved. But still, it's a huge undertaking, expensive, uh, every other day testing. Um, think of the rooms. Think of the food. Think of the people that have to, you know, again be there to help support this experiment as i kind of like to call it and with cases you know continuing to be on the upswing you know i was just stunned yesterday that uh what forty thousand cases a day in the u.s i mean it's it's amazing right now so let's just hope you know that it works itself out because it's a huge undertaking and i've got to salute adam silver for the plan i mean it's going to be you know i'm sure it's ever changing but when you read it and you see all the things that have gone into this to even get to this point, uh, it's, an, it's an amazing uh, undertaking that looks like, you know, they're going to be able to try to pull it off. You're a sports figure in this community, so people want to know what you think. What do you think of the Morgan Scally ruling? Well, PK, I tell you, I thought about it a lot yesterday, and I, I find it interesting that on one side um, there are companies that will not – um, you know, of course, um, you know, any type of racial comment will not be tolerated. Uh, in other cases, you get second chances. And for the University of Utah, I don't know the entire, obviously the entire investigation of what everything was said and done. I know he got a lot of support from a lot of people, including African-American athletes. And so I know that he took a pay cut. He gets a second chance. He's not the head coach in waiting, and I'm sure he's on a very tight uh, suspension or, let's say, probation um, in this matter. So, you know, the U must be satisfied with the uh, the investigation to, to, to take it to this level and to support Morgan at this time. I know there was a lot of athletes that came to his, uh, to his uh, support, which in the long run may have been the most important thing of all. Uh, Morgan... Uh, when I covered him and when I've talked to him, and but it's been years ago. I mean, I found him to be a straight-up guy and an honest guy and a fun guy and a, and a and an individual who I thought understood, you know, the game. And also, uh, I guess what I want to say is the team concept, and I didn't ever feel that there was any issue there with him and black athletes. I didn't see a note yesterday. I think Hans Olsen put it out that, uh, what, 31 of 35 – signees that he had brought into the program uh african-american athletes black athletes so you know it's 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 a it's 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 a 
a thin line you walk in this world we live today. And I, I just have to trust that the University of Utah did their due diligence and uh, are satisfied with the outcome. So in your experience going around the country college, calling college football games, which you did for a long time, do you find this an unusual outcome or are all these things kind of a one-off and the situation matters and you can't really compare it? Um, I think from my experience, uh, DJ at CBS and, you know, at Fox and ESPN actually in those early days, you know, this is something that was never discussed. Um, uh, you know, I got into the network level at CBS in 98, ESPN about 90. And, you know, this was not a topic of conversation. And it is now obviously in the forefront of our discussions on a daily basis. And, you know, I think you and PK both as writers and broadcasters, um, you know, there was a day that the, the biggest discussion in sports was basically Michael Jordan's dunk on ESPN. And then there was an issue that I had to add to my verbiage, I'm sure you both did too, was the word alleged when domestic issues would, would break out or drug, um, you know, uh, deals that went south and players were suspended or let go by franchises. And then all of a sudden now the racial issues have become very prominent uh, with Colin Kaepernick and beyond. So it's kind of been a progression um, in the sense of issues in society which sometimes reflect what goes on in the world of sports. And uh, I think I've obviously myself as a broadcaster, uh, I've, I've become much more in tuned with the issues of the day. Now I will say this, that I can't hold a blind eye to the fact that my ears have heard many things throughout my career from fans, from coaches, uh, in passing on the football field especially. Uh, emotional, raw, all the above. And uh, you kind of just kind of look over and go, wow, really? That was just said? Uh, you know, I sometimes have been amazed of fans who own the player's jersey. And I've talked to players about this, that – you know, that they can cheer you one minute and, you know, beguile you the next, ridicule you the next, PK and DJ. It's an amazing thing about fans, fanatics, fan, fandom. Um, so, you know, I, I, I'm always learning. I mean, I, I've always been amazed at the psychology of sports, and it still is so prevalent today, even more so. Um, but, yes, I've heard my fair share on the fields, on the, in the arenas, And um, I think it's just been ongoing. Uh, Now it's become more prevalent in our world today. I know that the the league, the NBA, wants to continue to make sure that social injustice is heard. And the players in the league have agreed to to paint, you know, Black Lives Matter on the the arena floors uh, in, in Orlando. So, this is ongoing, and I and again, I think each 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 situation, from what I gather, is judged individually to answer the question. And I think Utah must have felt that Morgan was a straight up guy through investigations and interviews with him and his former players, and I think they felt like they got the right answer. I'm fascinated by how you say the Black Lives Matter being painted on the court, and we know that many have spoken out how they want to continue it. They don't necessarily want the games to push that stuff 
back. They want that stuff that's important uh, issues out there to still be on the forefront. But I'm wondering how do you think the fans are going to receive it because we've had NBA players speak out on social issues but it's sort of been done on their own time, and maybe they will have a T-shirt in the lineup, layup line, and that type of thing. But it hasn't—I don't want to say infiltrated. It just hasn't permeated the actual games. And I'm wondering how much do you think it's going to be involved in the games, and how will fans receive it? Some obviously receive it well, some not. Right. Uh, some will, and some won't. You're right. Uh, and it's—it's it's something that the the players, I think, demanded. Uh, with Adam Silver and the NBA to not let, uh, and again, with a situation that's that's really been boiling over the last uh, six weeks, is that the players did not want the message to ease because they were back on the floor playing. They wanted the message to continue. So that's one way to obviously the eyeballs will follow the court, and they will the fans will obviously read this multiple times throughout the course of a game. So you, I think you just hit it. I think it's going to uh, be fine with some fans and not fine with others. It will be a storyline, in my opinion, when we start calling games on July 30th on the fans' reactions to the whole experiment, PK and DJ. I, I, I you know, this is something we've never witnessed. We've we haven't lived through it. We soon will, and all these answers will or all these questions will have answers to it. I think you're going to find positivity, negativity um, throughout the, the whole course. And also the other, the other stories will be COVID. Uh, will players jump the fence and leave the bubble? Uh, Damian Lillard didn't think yesterday that uh, all players will abide by the rules. Man, there are so many things that are going to be on display uh, in Orlando that – you know, it's it's just going to be an interesting experiment of of the humankind, if that's the way I can put it. I, it's it's not going to be easy. Let's just say this: the mental strain I think will start to show up about a month in. Um, and again, I, I, you know, I've only been away from home twice, thirty one and thirty two days during the Olympic coverage in Atlanta and uh, Lillehammer, Norway, and it was it was it was tough. Uh, and I still had freedoms to go outside and do my work, obviously, and and eat and, and stroll the you know the the Stortigata in in Lillehammer and, and and interact with people. But I can't imagine um, the bubble. Um, Thirty days in, I think you'll see some some guys and people uh, support staff. It's going to be a real test. And you know, whoever ends up standing at the end of this. Uh, in October, you know, I'm going to applaud the fact they got through it. The final two teams to play for a championship, if if in fact we get that far, uh, and COVID-19 doesn't disrupt uh, the whole bubble experiment, uh, you know, I think fans should really appreciate the fact of what the teams went through uh, to get that far. I really do. So are you with Giannis Antetokounmpo then that this is going to be the toughest championship to win, even though you don't have to do the travel and you're not in the hostile arenas with you know 15 or 20,000 people screaming at you, that this will be uh, really difficult in its own right? Well, I think the fact there are no fans, DJ, I think puts it to another level. I mean, I think that sometimes you, you most of these athletes, again, as we've all traveled through arenas, and stadiums, 
is is one thing. I mean, I, there's a way to block it out. In fact, some athletes will tell you that, look, during the course of a game, you rarely even hear what's happening, uh, you know, unless you allow yourself to during a timeout, and then you kind of go back into your own world, your own focus. So, um, yes, I would stand by Giannis's opinion that I, I think this may be, it will be the most challenging championship just because of the circumstance, the unknown. Uh, you've got to fight. And look, I've had people tell me, look, what are you talking about? You know, military. And that's true. I mean, come on, a deployment for six months or a year, I can't even fathom. And the fact that you're fighting for your country and trying to protect your own life. Uh, that's that's a whole nother ball game. Uh, this one is just intriguing for professional athletes because, again, they have not gone through this type of challenge. And I, I believe whoever stands at the end with the Larry O'Brien trophy, that, you know, they'll put an asterisk on this season, but I don't think it should be one of shame. I think this will be quite intriguing to see who mentally as a team fights through to win this thing. I really do. Yeah, because once the ball goes up, it's all about winning, and the team that plays better than the other team is going to win. So once you have a form of competition, the competition is real, even if the circumstances surrounding it aren't. Good point. And, you know, PK, the other thing is when you're playing with a roster of what is it going to be, 17 because they're going to expand it, and, okay, let's say still the core nine. The, the bottom line is, are everybody, is everyone on the same page? And do, do all the players have the same goal here? Or do they want out? Do they want to lose so they can go home? That's my point about the mental strife and the mental challenge, I think, in this whole uh, Orlando bubble is that, yeah, okay, I'm in, but are they really? Are they really? And, you know, we've talked a lot about the Jazz, and they've gone through their own hell, by the way, because they this all started with the Utah Jazz. You know, I was there. Uh, I saw the faces. I saw the stress uh, of March 11th in Oklahoma City. And I wonder, though, if what they've been through as a team already won't help them in this situation in Orlando. And the only only answer I can have is we'll wait and see. But I think they may have one-ups on some because they've been through a stress, a very stressful situation, lived it, uh, and bonded over it in many ways. The other question is, can are Donovan and Rudy on the same page? And again, that question uh, will get some answers here soon, too, in reality, when you see them play on the floor. So, it's intriguing to see where the Jazz will be in all this too, because again, I think the 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 experience in Oklahoma City has got to have some impact going back into this thing uh, when they look at each other and say, "Okay, uh, we've done this before in our own special way. Let's do it again," and that could play a factor in the outcome of how this how the playoffs go. This won't be as scary as that, right, Buller? No. No, that was a bizarre night. Uh, it's all, it was surreal. It was like a movie. Uh, I was just waiting for Spielberg to step out and say, uh, cut. And it never happened. Um, but, you know, being there and living through that, just seeing everybody's faces, and, and you really get an interesting uh, understanding of how everyone um, handles the moment, the stress, the unknown. And that, that to me, was the most intriguing part uh, of the entire, you know, 20-plus hours that, that we were there and going through the testing and, and really, you know, not just the unknown at the time. So 
um, if it should play. I think it again with Quinn Snyder's leadership, guys. That night in OKC, I mean, he was he was the guy. I mean, he he took it, he 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 owned it, and he gave us the confidence and uh, the you know to try to take the stress away to say we're going to get through this together. And his leadership, his leadership was outstanding. Uh, I've got to salute him. And I think what that does is carry over to what's happening now and how this team is going to respond when they get to Orlando on the 7th. Bowler, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks for joining us, and we'll uh, talk to you again next week. Guys, appreciate the deep talk. Uh, it's a different world. It used to be pretty simple watching highlights and calling, uh, calling games, but uh, we're living life, guys. And uh, well, I appreciate your time. Thanks.